Okay, so here we are back with your ex-boyfriend's podcast and episode two. First off, I want to thank everybody who uh, listened to episode one, the introduction, and I just want to say that I'm very appreciative of everybody who supported me with that first uh, release, rocky as it may have been. And it was rocky to a certain extent, just trying to get things released on different platforms and whatnot. And I don't actually think it's been even smoothed over yet. Still trying to get this podcast out on various platforms like Google Podcasts and and iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called. Um, But we are out on Spotify for sure. And on Podbean, of course, where this is hosted. Um, But... Uh, yes, thank you to everybody who listened, who gave feedback, and I just want you to know that this this whole body of work that I'm putting together is really, um, it needs you who's, who've supported me up to this point and who continue to support me in the future. This is for you just as much as it is for me. So, episode two. Uh, this one's called Turn Off the Autopilot. And for those of you who um, know me at all, I think you'll find the pilot analogy pretty apropos. <laughs> um, basically, what, I, what do I mean by turning off the autopilot? What I've noticed throughout my life is that as a society and and granted i'm just speaking from an american point of view um i've never lived anywhere else so this is what i know but as a society there is a certain set of parameters that we operate under and it is generally accepted that those are the rules basically you're told from a very young age throughout your entire life that there is a certain set of things that you do there are steps that you take and that is what is expected of you and a lot of that is stuff that we've heard before i'm sure you've thought about it's been talked about i i know you know you're told as a kid that you're going to go to college and then you're told as a college student that you're going to get a job and you're told after that then you're going to find somebody to Uh, be your partner and you're going to get married and you're going to have children you're going to buy home and you're going to save for retirement you're going to retire you're going to go to fiji and then you're going to die or end up in a retirement home right those are the basic ones those aren't the only ones though (laughs) by any means um (sighs) most of the way our society operates is on this autopilot of it's a structure in which we're set up to do certain things because that is what is acceptable and i think that once you realize that once you realize that going through the motions and thinking that there is a next automatic step that you're supposed to take once you realize that that isn't necessarily how it has to work 
it opens up a lot of possibilities and doors for different action, um, different ways of thinking. Uh, it's freeing in a way. Um, scary, for sure, especially if you uh, are just sort of stepping into that idea of what might I do that I've never thought about doing. What is what is out there for me? What could possibly, you know, be in my future that isn't what I've always thought was going to be there? <sighs> A lot of this has to do with, like I said, it's a societal thing. Um, generationally, we can see that, you know, just from generation to generation, it's not all exactly the same, but it there there's a tendency towards uniformity. You know, basi- basically, it's what were our parents taught, and then what did they teach us? And then what do we teach our children? And what do our children teach our grandchildren? Um, historically, that's just how things go. It's hard to break the mold, but I would argue that it is not only better for you to break the mold but maybe morally you might have some sort of obligation once you realize that that's a possibility um okay so you want to turn off the autopilot like i realized i wanted to at one point what does that even mean you don't want to continue the same pattern of of doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. You don't want to be insane. So what do you do? And I think that this leads to one of the most important ideas that I try to hold in my everyday life. One of the most important ideas that I would like to pass on to any children I may have And one of the most important ideas I think that I can spread to any of my um, listeners through this podcast is the idea of self-awareness. You have to be able to look at yourself truly and honestly and give yourself a clear assessment of what you see. That is way easier said than done, (laughs) and I know that, but it is 100% absolutely essential. Without self-awareness, you cannot do any of the work that I am going to be talking about in this entire podcast. That is step number one. It's hard. Obviously, it's hard to look at yourself to look in the mirror and really see what is staring back. And that's part of the whole autopilot thing because we have been taught that if you look in the mirror and you see something you don't like, there are ways to ignore that. There are things to do to cover that up. There are Uh, Things to buy, drugs to take, um, people to sleep with. There's all sorts of things that you can 
use to mask what it is that you see looking back at you that you don't like. That's the hard part, right? The hard part is when you see that negativity, whatever it is that makes you feel uncomfortable or uh, insecure or incomplete, whatever it is that's looking back at you that makes you turn away, the challenge is to stare back. You can't cover that stuff up and expect it to go away because it, 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 it won't. And I think we all know that. That stuff is has to be dealt with. So the first step is self-awareness. Once you are able to give yourself that much, once you can honestly say, this is what I am working with, this is how I am in the moment, then you have a, that, that's, that's something you can step off of. And it's not that you're looking at yourself and saying, okay, I see the bad and I want to change the bad. That's, that, it, it's natural to think that, but it, it's going to come later. What I'm actually saying is look at whatever it is, good or bad or indifferent, and be able to say, this is me. There is no right or wrong in being who you are. There is you. And I think the whole goal is to know who you are and act and think and communicate in a way that is true to that, that presents the most honest version of yourself to the world and to yourself. And I managed to cover that in a couple of minutes. Makes it sound a lot easier than it is. Yeah, it's not easy. That's some of the hardest work you can do. There's a reason that people don't do it, (laughs) right? There's a reason that all those other things that I mentioned before exist and are pushed as ways to ignore this hard work um, because it is taxing (laughs) it is painful and stressful and you're gonna feel shame and guilt and it's going to make you want to stop but as with every worthwhile thing in this life the benefit the real payout is on the other side of that hard work it's just like like building muscle right uh exercise if you want to get swole if you want to get jacked and tan what do you do you go to the gym you lift weights the people that are actually getting bigger, the ones that start having that physique that you're looking for are the ones that work hard enough to tear the muscle. The muscle is torn and then rebuilt bigger, stronger, more durable, with better endurance. You have to tear it, though. You have to destroy what's there in order to build. If you don't, you make no progress. 
there's no point in going and lifting those weights if you're not willing to go to the point of failure you got to get to the point of failure in order to build and that is exactly how it is with yourself if you are unwilling to work and push your mind and your spirit to the point of i can't do this anymore it hurts too much if that can't be your goal you will not progress you'll just continue in this whatever cycle that you're in and i know because i did that for the majority of my life and yes i know i'm only 31 so a lot of you old timers out there might be thinking well you know great for you you've already realize this stuff you're still young young ish <laughs> but i would argue that this that there is no age in at which you can't do this there is no point at which it's too late okay so you've gotten to the point let's say of you realize that there's some stuff that you'd like to change you realize that the world that you live in the society that surrounds you the everyday teachings that you've been taught don't necessarily serve you anymore you want to do something different awesome getting to that point is amazing but the very next step after the self-awareness after being able to look inward the very next step can be daunting again um, as if the first step wasn't daunting enough, right? The next step is where do I even start? What do I do? And I know that is is so scary because if you've never thought about it before, if nobody's ever talked to you about it before, if you're unaware of the tools or resources at your disposal, figuring that out can be a giant challenge in its own. My recommendation would be a couple things. First off, get a journal. Doesn't have to be a physical journal, doesn't have to be uh, even a written journal. It could be something on the computer, it could be a recording. Much like this, you could literally just record yourself for yourself and then go back and listen. But the point is to express what you're feeling. Get these emotions, these thoughts in your head down in some sort of way. Even if it's not perfect, it's not coherent, doesn't matter. It is a form of expression that allows you to then go back at a more stable point a, a less emotional point let's say and 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 really think about what it is that you are feeling um a journal for me has been invaluable and when i started it uh years ago why the the original reason was because i felt like there was a lot going wrong and i had nobody to talk to and that's not like that's not to say I don't I don't ha I didn't have friends at the time. Um, I just didn't feel like I could talk to them 
for various reasons and and that we can get into that um i think in another episode i'm actually going to do a friends episode but i did not feel like i could tell them a lot about what was going on at the time and i knew that i needed to express what it was that i was feeling to basically get it out like it felt like it was poison inside me that needed to be expressed so i started writing and going back and reading some of those is so cringy at times and makes me laugh at other times and honestly is heartbreaking at other times um but not only was it a tool at the time for self-expression it ended up being a great look back at how far i've come but i'm getting a little too far down the journal idea here you guys don't really need to know everything that my journal did for me (laughs) at this point but uh as far as steps yes find a way to express what it is that you want how you feel what you need what is happening anything that you you find meaningful or important to you write that shit down um talk it out to yourself and record it do do something step number two and i know this is a big step for many many people this is something that our society has historically really (laughs) poo-pooed um uh, it's been downplayed so far at times that it feels like a challenge just to bring it up with people please talk to a therapist a counselor a psychologist i i I actually don't know what the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist is so please forgive me (laughs) um but talk to somebody and like i mentioned in the introduction episode of this podcast there are even other forms of therapy that don't involve talking to somebody with a certification or a degree somebody who's a doctor the point is to talk to somebody because oftentimes what is the best form of medicine in regards to your mental state is having somebody hear what you're saying and then say it back to you in a way that is clear and concise and to be honest that is i want to say maybe 60 to 70 percent of what my therapist does is she literally just listens to me ramble and rant about things for minutes at a time. And then she says, okay, I hear what you're saying. What it sounds like you mean is this. And as weird as it might sound, hearing what it is that you are feeling, which is oftentimes a massive stormy, you know spaghetti fucking pile of crap in your own mind hearing that back in a in a straightforward you know 
XYZ sentence is mind-blowing and so clarifying to have it be laid out in a way that you can hear back and the way that makes sense. So, step number one, journal. Step number two, therapy. Um, and also, I want to say this about therapy. Many people think that therapy is only needed by people who have something wrong with them. Something that only people who are having a problem need to do. False. That's completely false. In my opinion, it would be beneficial to literally every single person on this planet to have someone like that, a therapist, counselor, somebody in their lives. Because the ability to have an impartial advisor, an impartial listener, is it's priceless. I cannot overstate the benefits of just having somebody who is not invested in the situations that are that are causing you pain and suffering to talk to. And sometimes for I'll give you an example of again of my own experience. Sometimes she and I my my therapist and I we don't even talk about meaningful stuff sometimes i just tell her that i hate my job (laughs) sometimes i just tell her about the vacation that i took or or i started this podcast or we talk about how she has covid (laughs) and i want to i bring that up because i want to emphasize it's not just like i said it's not just for when you're having problems it's not just somebody who's there in a crisis although that is a lot of what they do, that's not all they do. And just having somebody to catch up with about your life, about your ups and downs on a regular basis, priceless. Like I said, there is everybody should do it. I personally only speak to her once a month at this point. It used to be once a week. Now it's once a month. Can't, can't overstate that. Okay. So that was step one and two. I think once you've established both of those as uh, tools in your toolbox, step three would be figure out what your core values are. We're told what our core values should be oftentimes um, by our mentors, our society our social media uh the places we work the entertainment we consume we are kind of spoon-fed a lot of core values um and a lot of that is part of the autopilot thing your core values are yours to decide they are yours to discover they are yours to create and if you haven't you should i recommend that that's step three uh your journal and your therapist are a good tool to help you figure those out exactly what worked for me and i'll give you an example of what a core value is 
for me, one of my core values, self-reliance. And what I mean by that is the combination of how I was raised and the life that I've lived and the people that have been in my life and the struggles that I've faced and the success that I've had have led me to put a great importance on being able to take care of myself. Not asking for help um, and avoiding letting other people know when I have struggled or failed. That's the toxic version of that trait. Because of course everybody needs help and of course everybody fails and there is no shame in either of those things. But with that, it was never as if I felt like self-independence, self-reliance was a bad thing. I just did not know how to handle situations in which I found myself coming up short in my own mind. And through journaling, through therapy, through all this introspection that I've done, it has revealed that self-reliance and self-sufficiency are it's one of my core values the ability to get kicked down and and fail and fail and fail and get hurt and almost succeed and fail and then get back up and try again is something that is an essential part of me good example of that which we are going to get into in another episode at in depth is my whole uh journey through education and finding a career and and being able to support myself that that was a journey and <laughs> a challenging one <sighs> but i made it out on the other side and i think that a lot of that was to do with that core value of mine which is you have to be able to take care of yourself and not only just in the bare minimum ways, but to be able to thrive. And that not only applies to the physical material world that applies to everything that I'm talking about now to be able to thrive mentally and emotionally. That's part of the picture or uh, the part, part of the puzzle, I should say. Um, and it's, like I said, uh, a key part of who I am. You got to find out what yours are. There's no set number. There's no, um, rule book that says what they can, these core values can or can't be. You just got to figure it out. And that's hard. Like I said, it's worthwhile. So it's hard. Um, and it takes time. Absolutely, it takes time. It's worth it. Please do it. <laughs> so I think that that's a pretty good place to start to wind this episode down. And in winding down, I guess I want to say this. Just as a recap, a way to sum everything up from this episode. We do not have to follow any path that's set out for us. We get to determine our own path. 
And the whole idea of this episode is that in order to do that, in order to to determine where it is you want to go and who it is that you want to be, you have got to turn off that autopilot. It has been set in the on position in order to guide your path forward in a way that benefits others. And in order for you to live in such a fashion that benefits the truest version of you, you have to turn it off. Hopefully this episode has given you a little bit on how to do that, on why it's important, on maybe it has literally just clued you into the fact that there may be an autopilot and you were completely unaware. And that brings me to a good point. The autopilot is set in such a way that you're not supposed to be aware of it. An airplane that is on autopilot is doing exactly what an airplane is supposed to do. Get you from A to B safely and, and quietly and unharmed with no bumps. That is not life. That is not how life works. If all you got out of this was the awareness that there is this societal pressure to do the same thing as everybody else, then then I will take that as a win. Because that is one of the things that nobody talks about. (laughs) Uh, The fact that there even is an autopilot. So, um, in conclusion, wrap this up. I hope that this has given you some sort of next step, given you an idea of what the possibilities out there even are. And I know it's a little bit broad at this point, and we're definitely going to dig into more individual topics um, at some point. But uh, if you take anything away from this, just know that, um, as I said in the first episode, there is a path forward and a way to be better and it's entirely possible for you to find both and on that note i will leave y'all until next sunday take care